0: Open your Bible with me into the book of Matthew, chapter 16, 13 to 20, and this is what the scripture says. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, bless your words this morning. These are your words. These are the truth, O Lord. And so help us to really enjoy them, feast upon them, but most especially, Lord, help us to apply them into our lives. And as you continue to reveal yourselves to us in a very personal way, Father, I pray that you will speak to us in a very, very personal way. Lord, we thank you so much that we have your words. And in this nation, we are free to open it, free, O Lord, to share it to other people. And Lord, this is what we do here at Philem International Baptist Church. Continue, O Lord, to use this church for the propagation of your gospel. Lord, we thank you for the past week. Thank you, Lord, for Sister uh, Michelle's leadership as we held our daily vacation Bible school. Oh, Lord, I pray that those words that we've studied and heard, Lord, that we will keep them into our hearts forever. Do the same, oh, Lord, this morning. All the people who will listen to you this morning, I pray that you open up their minds and their hearts. Lord, we thank you so much for... Uh, this opportunity also that we can pray for those people who are in need most especially physical need I lift up to you at the Ida O oh Lord I pray Lord whatever the problem uh, uh, she's experiencing right now through her health I pray Lord that you will touch her physical body uh, correct that those cells O oh Lord I live up to you at, the, at the <clears throat> uh, Remy as well, O oh Lord uh, be with them uh, brother Robert Weatherford and Brother Jolu Mecca, everyone here, O oh Lord, who's not feeling well, if I could not mention them, you know them, O oh Lord. Be with them, stretch forth your hands, and Lord, let them know that you are our Jehovah that heals. Thank you, Lord, even for our needs thank you for providing all our needs this past week, and i know lord you will continue to be faithful to each and every one of us yes lord many times you're not faithful but your faithfulness lord are new every morning and for that oh father we praise you and we thank you bless your words today for this is our prayer in jesus name amen please visit it church when you hear the word church what comes into your mind Uh, Every church has today to encourage people and to convince them to attend church or go to church. Uh, They do some advertisement in front of their church building. And and I collected a few of them, and uh, some of them are uh, funny, some of them are serious, and I will share them with you just to encourage people today in our society to attend church and this is the first one okay these are uh, the signs church signs it says try our Sundays they are better than Baskin and Robbins <laughs> As, you know some some of them are funny and some of them you need to think okay <laughs> have trouble sleeping we have sermons come here one <laughs> The best, number three, the best vitamin for a Christian is B1. Uh, Some of you are thinking, what's that? (laughs) B1, okay? Uh, uh, Some of you are are still thinking. (laughs) Come early. For a good back seat. You know what? Probably this is a Baptist church. Because most Baptists they love to sit at the back. We call them Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> the wages of sin is death. Repent before payday. <laughs> Fight truth decay. Study the Bible daily. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. How will you spend eternity, smoking or non-smoking? <laughs> Where do you want to stay, smoking or non-smoking? <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is one. This is a what? A church. What is missing? Can you? <laughs> you are okay. Now, again, all these churches, they have one mission, to encourage people, believer and even non-believer, to be in a church every Sunday. Now, there is this story about this mom. One Sunday morning, a mother went to wake her son and tell, and tell him it was time to get ready for church. And probably you, you mom, can, you know, can identify this mom. And so, to which he replied, because he, he she told her, uh, her son, it's, it, it's time to get ready for church. And to which he replied, I'm not going. And why not, she asked. I'll give you two reasons, the son said. One, they don't like me at church. And number two, I don't like them either. His mother replied, I'll give you two reasons why you should go to church. One, you are 54 years old. And number two, you are the pastor of the church. (laughs) I'm in a viewer this morning. You are excited to go to church. You know, as a true believer in the Lord, we should be excited in going to church every Sunday. Because as we discuss the church, the meaning of the church, and who we are, it should give us an excitement. Every Sunday, it's the day of the Lord. And so this morning, we will take a look at the first, the biblical understanding of what church is. What is a church? We always hear the word church, church, church and how is really the biblical definition of the church what is church so many people today understand the church as a building we understand that the church is this building and this is not a biblical understanding of the church you see the word church translated in the english bible is that's a greek word and the word is the greek word kaleo meaning to call that's in english kaleo is greek and if uh, you if you put it in english it's to call with a prefix ek meaning out thus the word means the called out ones or an assembly i like the other definition Where we called out, we are called out from the world. And so meaning that before we came to know Christ, we are worldly. We do things that these people who are not believers in the Lord do. And so when God called us out from darkness into marvelous light, we became part of the what? Of the church. However, I like this other one. The English word church does not come from ecclesia, but from the word kuriakon. What is the word kuriakon? It means dedicated to the Lord. And so if you are already a part of the church, and later on we will take a look how you can become part of the church. If you are a true believer in the Lord, I like this one. Dedicated to the Lord. Think about the word dedicated when we are dedicated to the lord we do everything to please him amen and that is the word kuryakon you can call yourself i am a kuryakon but of course it's it sounds like a, a, you know weird <laughs> but it means dedicated to the lord and so every time we meet hey kuryakon Dedicated to the Lord, that's a Greek word. Now, the root meaning of a church is not that of a building, but of people. And so the church, it's me, the church, it's you. Amen. It is you, not this building. This building is where the church meet, and you are a church. It is ironic that when you ask people what church they attend, they usually identify a building. In the book of Romans, chapter 16, verse 5, Paul said, Greet the church that is in their house. Now, what does the Apostle Apostle Paul mean here? Paul refers to the church in their house, not a church building, but a body of believers. Now, the church is the body of Christ, and, and of course, uh, of which he is the head, according to Ephesians chapter 1, 12-23, and God placed all things under his what? His feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so, the body of Christ is made up of all believers in Jesus Christ from the day of Pentecost, that's Acts chapter 2, until Christ return. But biblically, we may regard the church in two ways. Number one, it's called the universal church. What is a universal church? Universal church consists of everyone, everywhere who has a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, when when a person surrenders his life to the Lord, whether uh, they are in Timbuktu, they were in China, in Afghanistan, wherever, those Christians, people who surrender their life to the Lord, they are a member of what we call universal church. Every believer around the globe, whether we don't, they, we don't know them or not, as long as they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are called the universal church. And we are part of that universal church. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And that's why it's called Universal Church. It's because everyone who surrendered their life to the Lord, we were baptized into one spirit. And that's the spirit of the Lord. And so this verse says that anyone who believes is part of the body of Christ and has received the spirit of Christ as evidence. And so all those who have received salvation through faith in Jesus comprise the universal church second it's not only called universal church but it's also called the local church okay local church is described in Galatians chapter 1 1 to 2 Paul an apostle and this is what he said all the brothers with me to the churches in Galatia there's not only one church in Galatia but there's a lot of churches in Galatia here we see in the province of Galatia there were many churches. They had a localized ministry and were scattered throughout the province. And so there were local churches. In our day-to-day, we have Baptist church, we have Lutheran churches, we have each church. This is not the church as in the universal church. Rather, it is a local church. Our church is a local church, part of the universal church, a local body of believers. And so the universal church is comprised of everyone who belong to Christ. Members of the universal church should seek fellowship and edification in a local church. You get the idea? If you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior you become part of the universal church but also it is biblical for you to be part of the local church you cannot say oh I'm already part of the universal church so I don't need to go to a local church and become a member wrong and that is not biblical why the church is again the church is not a building or a denomination According to the Bible, the church is the body of Christ, all those who have placed their faith in Jesus for salvation. So, local churches are a gathering of people who claim the name of Christ. Uh, members of local church may or may not be members of the universal church. Okay? I want you to listen very carefully. Because there are people who join the local church, they're not even member of the universal church. Meaning... They did not really genuinely accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they just joined the church. And those are the people Satan uses to destroy the local church. And that's why we need to be really careful. Search ourselves that we are genuinely a believer in the Lord. And those genuinely accept Christ as Lord and Savior, they will also and they are willing to be part of a local church just like our church how can we become a member in this church so we have our constitution and by laws first you need to receive Christ as your lord and savior and make sure that you are saved and then i get you get baptized okay because again baptism cannot save you it is a first step of obedience in christianity but you need to get baptized and that's our Constitution, and of course, it is based from the Scripture. And if you are already a member of local churches in other parts of the world, we ask for a letter or confirmation that you are really a member of the church and I interview you if you are really, you know, a genuine believer of the Lord. We make sure that if you join this church, you know you are saved. The goal of this church is to bring people to the Lord amen I want you to be sure that you are saved and the Bible says we can be sure by what by repenting of our sins by turning away of our wicked wicked ways and and invite Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior that's where we become part of the universal church and part of the local church. Again, local churches are gatherings of people who claim the name of Christ. Members of a local church like these may or may not be members of the universal church depending on the genuineness of their faith. See, important it is important to be a member of a local church. Why? Many people, uh, they don't want to be part of the local church. And that's not biblical. The biblical way is to be part of the local church. And why did I say it's biblical to be part of the local church? Local churches are a gathering of people who claim the name of Christ. If you claim the name of Christ, you should be part of the local church. Many people, especially people who claim to be Christians, they jump to other churches. And that's not biblical. The reason why it's not biblical is what? Remember this, that if you become part of the universal church and part of the local church, God expects you to be faithful in the church that you are attending locally. I liken this to a husband and wife relationship. You need to be faithful to your wife, you need to be faithful to your husband. For us, the other name for local church is family. You need to be faithful In your family spiritual family by the way uh, being a pastor I've heard some that they are more closer to the relationship uh, with their church members rather than sometimes with a member of their own family why because it's really different if you become part of the local church spiritual this is your spiritual family and as I mentioned before you need to be faithful in this church, faithfulness can be seen in number one, attending faithfully, regularly in our meeting, just like worship service. You cannot just go on oh, next Sunday, I will be there. That's not faithfulness, that's unfaithfulness. Why? It's because God gave us a spiritual gift, and that spiritual gift is to encourage one another. How can you encourage one another if you show today and then the other Sunday you don't and then the other Sunday you are in a different church? That's a no-no in the Word of God. Faithful. Not only being faithful in our giving, but faithful in every activities of the church. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yes because your presence is an encouragement to everyone and we have a we have an old adage that says rolling stone gather no what no most why it's just like when you are when you claim to be a a part of a christian church or local church and you don't really are not faithful you 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 will not grow you will not grow you will gather no most I like, I like uh, Brother Joe and Sister Margie's shirt yesterday and the other day. Uh, I, actually, we have those t-shirts. Uh, one time we have our sports uh, fest in Tucson, and we printed th- those t-shirts. And it says, I, I, I heart my church, meaning I love my church. And under that, Philam International Baptist Church. Isn't it wonderful? We need to love. Our local church we need to be faithful in our local church we need to support it not only financially but most especially your presence every activities every 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 daily vacation Bible school every Sunday school every Bible studies every prayer meeting we need to support our church because that's where we grow that's where you share The spiritual gift that God bestowed upon you when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, the local church is where believers, listen, the local church like Philom International Baptist Church is where believers can fully apply the body principles. The body principles. You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What are those? What are the body principles for our local church? Encouraging. I already mentioned it. How can you be an encourager if you show up today and if you don't show up the following Sunday? How can you encourage your pastor? How can you encourage one another if you are invisible? Another thing is teaching. Teaching is very important. And that's why we keep on encouraging, I keep on encouraging you to, uh, Pastor Jeff, will you please stand up? Okay, maybe. (laughs) Pastor Jeff is our faithful Sunday school adult leader every Sunday. If you don't do anything early Sunday morning, I invite you to attend his class, 930 And you will benefit from the teaching of the Word of God. If we can wake up early to attend, you can. You can sit (laughs) now. What am I saying? (laughs) If you are excited to wake up every day doing things that really you know interest your hobby, why not do it Sunday morning for the for the. For the word of god to be heard by you and so teaching encouraging teaching and building one another up in the knowledge and in the grace of our lord and savior jesus christ we build one another up in the grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ we are the body of christ amen we are one that's the local church And so I encourage you to be first part of the universal church. And when you are really part of the universal church, you decide to be part of the local church. And if you are not yet part of the local church, I think God is speaking to you right now. And this is not an accident that you are hearing this message. God is after you. He wants you to be an instrument of his kingdom. Number two. So we did look at, the meaning of the word church. And then number two, uh, the beginning of the church. Uh, the question is, when did the church begin? See, the church began on the day of Pentecost. Fifty days after the Passover, when Jesus died and rose again. You see, the word church is used throughout the Bible to refer to all those who have been born Again, John 3:3, and throughout the faith in the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, found in the book of Romans, chapter 10, 9 to 10. And this is what the word says. The word church is used again throughout the Bible to refer to those who have been born again. Okay? Now, uh, the word church, when used to reference all believers everywhere, is synonymous with the term body of Christ. I already mentioned that. And the word church first appear in the book of Matthew, the passage that we read in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus tells Peter, On this rock I will build my what? My church and the gates of Hades will not prevail or overcome it. I want you to read carefully uh, this verse. Can you go back to the first, uh, uh, after the main point, Matthew 16 verse 18? Beginning verse sixteen, or oh, eighteen. Sorry, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will buy I will what build. I, I want you to underline this word, my church. I will park in this. Okay, because many pastors they claim the local church they belong to them. Wrong. Every church has. Pastors don't have church, okay? They don't, you know, uh, own the church. Church belongs to Jesus Christ, amen? It says, I will build, whose church? Christ's church, not Joel Padilla's church. Mention all those popular pastors. Those churches don't belong to them. It belongs to the Lord. And the gates of Hades shall not what, prevail or, or overcome it. That's what the Bible says. Now, the rock here is the statement Peter had made. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, Christ was asking them, Who, you did, who, who do you think I am? And then when, when Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And of course, he confirmed it. You are blessed because the Father revealed it to you. And if you will note and take note at the end of this passage that we just read, do not tell anyone yet. Why? Because Christ is not yet ready to be revealed as the Messiah. He was ready after his arrest and when he entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey. But at this particular point, Don't tell anyone yet. And that's why also, if you already read the gospel and did miracle to an individual, he will tell the individual, don't tell anyone yet. But here, the rock here is the statement Peter had made. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. The truth about Jesus is the bedrock of the church that has flourished for over 2,000 years everyone who makes the truth the foundation of his or her own life becomes a member of jesus church and that's acts chapter 16 verse 31 you see jesus words i will build my church were a foretelling of what was about to happen when he sent the holy spirit move to forward your slide please thank you sister Um, Audrey, Jesus' words, I will build my church, were a foretelling. He said, I will build my church. It is a foretelling of what was about to happen when the Holy Spirit will come to indwell believers. You remember that Jesus Christ promises that if I will live, actually this is last part of our lesson, last uh, Delification Bible School. When the Lord Christ promised them, do not worry, let not your heart be troubled. If I will leave, I will send someone. And according to, of course, uh, chapter 16 and verse 3 and John chapter uh, chapter 15, this is the Holy Spirit. The word in 1613, it's called the Comforter. He is the Comforter. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will what? Speak and he will tell you things to come. And then in in chapter 15, 26 to 27, but when the helper comes, who is the helper? The helper is the Holy Spirit comforter. In Greek, it's called parakletos. Parakletos. Para means called. Alongside. Kletos alongside. Parakletos. He was called alongside to guide you, to empower you, to be with you till the ends of the earth. And this is the promise. That's why when he said, I will build my church, it is a foretelling of what, what was what is coming. Jesus still had to go undergo the cross and experience the resurrection when he Mentioned this although the disciples understood in part the fulfillment of all Jesus had come to do had not yet been accomplished after his resurrection Jesus would not allow his followers to begin the work he had given to make disciples to all nations according to Matthew 28 uh, 19 to 20 until the Holy Spirit had come in the book of Acts chapter 1 you see The book of Acts details the beginning of the church and its miraculous spread through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not through their power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why, please, don't do anything. And in that narrative, the Lord said, do not leave Jerusalem. Wait, tarry, stay there until the Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost. By the way, Pentecost is a Greek word. Uh, it is a feast of harvest. And what is that harvest? Wheat harvest. They do it in, uh, after the Passover, and then 50 days they will celebrate. That's why they were there, gathering. A lot of people were gathering. Wait during the day of Pentecost because the day of Pentecost, I will pour out my spirit. And that's where we celebrate Pentecost. We celebrate Pentecost because we are harvesting wheat because of the coming of the Holy Spirit the Lord empowered them that is the beginning of the church and so the Holy Spirit was poured out upon 120 of Jesus followers who waited and prayed in the book of Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2 the same disciples who had quake in fear of being identified with Jesus remember when Christ was crucified, they were all fearful, they ran away, they left Jesus. When the Holy Spirit came, oh, they were bold, bold enough even to face those people who try to uh, persecute them. They will not back down. They will move forward, not because of their power, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in them they boldly proclaimed the message of the gospel of the risen messiah validating their message and with miraculous signs and also wonders thousands of jews from all parts of the world were in jerusalem for the feast of pentecost so they heard the gospel in their own languages that's where they spoke in tongue they spoke the language of those people who are not from Galilee and a lot of them they were wondering how come they can speak our language how come uh, we understand them these people are from Galilee they don't speak our language but at that particular moment they can speak their language that's speaking in tongues they don't need interpretation The purpose of that, of course, is to validate their message so that people will believe that what they preach is the real gospel. Validating the message. And that message is the truth. So those who were saved were baptized. Peter, in his preaching, he said, repent and be what? Baptized. He did not say, repent and be baptized. He said, repent and be baptized. And so there is this repentance and baptism. And so, adding daily to the church, when persecution broke out, the believers scattered, taking the gospel message with them and the church spread like wildfire to all parts of the world. See, the start of the church involves Jews in Jerusalem, but the church soon spread to other people groups. Samaritans were evangelized in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter, chapter 10, God gave Peter a vision because Peter believed that the gospel is only for the Jews. But in Acts chapter 10, God gave Peter a vision that the message of the gospel does not belong only to the Jews but to all the people in the globe. Salvation of the Ethiopian Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, the Italian centurion by the name of Cornelius eh, convinced Jewish believers that God's church was a broader than had imagined. The miraculous calling of the Apostle Paul in the road to Damascus. It sets the stage for an even greater spread of the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles jesus prophetic words to peter before the crucifixion had proved true through persecution the gates of hades have fought against it you see the church only grows stronger when it is persecuted remember this it only grows when it is persecuted in the book of revelation chapter 7 verse 9 it provides a glimpse remember that the book of revelation is a is a prophetic book and this is what 7 9 says uh, <clears throat> after this i looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation tribe people and language standing before the throne and before the lamb that's why the gospel is not only for special people like jews the gospel is for you and me, everyone in this world. Amen. And so our role is to impart, share the good news that every people who live in this world, they need one individual. And who is that? His name is Jesus. For them to be saved and go to heaven. Remember what he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I hope this morning all of us genuinely invite Christ or invited Christ into our heart. But if not, after the sermon, I will pray. I will lead you in prayer. Genuinely accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because God wants to use you in his kingdom to spread the good news. It is interesting also in this verse. He said, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. What are the gates of hell? They said it's Arizona. Because <laughs> it was, it's hot. <laughs> of course, they're making a joke or fun that uh, Arizona is the gate of hell. I don't think so. There's, there's, uh, there is uh, Death Valley, and that's the hottest place here in Arizona, here in America. That, right? where it's located in California. But it's hot here. But praise the Lord, this is not this is not the gate of hell. <laughs> okay, but what? How do you understand Uh, when you hear the word gates of hell? All of us probably heard this passage and we don't even have an idea what is the gate of hell. Uh, The phrase gates of hell is translated in some versions as the gates of Hades. Gates of hell or gates of Hades is found only once in the entire Scripture here in this verse 1618 in this passage Jesus is referring to the building of the church okay and he said again I tell you you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Bible scholars debate the actual meaning of the phrase the gates of hell shall not prevail against it one of the better interpretations to the meaning of this phrase is this. In ancient times, think about medieval times. Have you seen movies like those? Uh, medieval times. The cities were surrounded by what? Walls. Imagine, use your imagination, there's a city surrounded by walls. And of course, the walls, they have gates. And in battles, the gates of these cities would, would usually be the first place their enemies assaulted. If you've seen a film, that's the first thing that they assault. You know, they use big logs and then they come, one, two, three, they push the big log to open that gate. Have you seen that film? I've seen a film like that. They try to destroy the gates so they can what? Penetrate and subdue the enemy. Uh, This was because, listen, and listen very carefully. This was because the protection of the city was determined by the strength or power of its gates. As such, the gates of hell or gates of Hades means the power of Hades. The name Hades was originally the name of the god who presided over the realm of dead and was often referred to as the house of Hades. It designated the place to which everyone who departs this life descends regardless of their moral character. So in the New Testament, Hades is the realm of the dead. And in this verse, Hades or hell is represented by a mighty city with its gates representing its power. Now, if you carefully read this passage, the context here is this. Jesus refers here to his impending death. Even the gates of hell, Hades or hell, will not prevail against it, referring to his impending death. You see, Satan thinks that when Christ died, everything will be okay. But no. Though he would be crucified and buried, he would rise from the dead and build the church. Remember that he did not only promise to come back to life, but he will build his church. If I will be crucified, the gates, the power of gates, will not prevail. And if I will build the church, this gate will not prevail as well. So, uh, Jesus is emphasizing the fact that the powers of death could not hold him in. Amen. You see, Again, this is one of our major doctrine teaching here in Christianity that Jesus did not remain in the grave, he overcame death. Not only would the church be established in spite of the powers of Hades or hell, but the church would thrive in spite of these powers. The church will never fail. The generations of their generations succumbs to the power of physical death, yet other generations will rise to perpetrate the church. Naturally, if you will read books and read all those stories about you know, Christians in those days who preached the gospel, they were really persecuted. Read the book, Facts, Christians Martyr. Have you read that book? It's a story about those Christians in those days who stood up for what they believe. They did not compromise the gospel. They would rather die rather than compromise the gospel. See, if you are a Christian and you do right, you will still be persecuted by doing right. That's why today, my dear friends and brothers in the Lord, I want you to pay attention to what is happening in our current events today. Most especially, liberalism is spreading. I was really appalled by one of the professors in, in California. She stood up in front of these senators, interviewing him, her, and asked about that every woman even transgender can become pregnant. Are you referring only for women or even the transgender? And then she said, You're trying to erase the transgender and try to, you know, not accept them. I call you homophobia, homophobia, homophobic. You see, today, if you don't believe that those trans- transgender, uh, People can get pregnant, you are homophobic. Also in this part, in Oregon, if you roll your eye, I'm rolling my head, just the eye. (laughs) You are a racist. That's why I want you to pay attention and your children in the school they will confuse your children about their gender. That's what's happening today. I am giving you a warning because they will confuse your boy or a girl. Oh, you're not a boy. You're a girl. Oh, you're not a girl. You're a boy. And that's why when they go home, you know, when you drop them, they they bring their book like that. And when you pick them up, they walk like that. <laughs> they, they got confused. You parents have a huge role. Don't take it lightly. And this is our society today. And I'm going back to what I'm saying. We, if we believe what is right, we will be persecuted. We Christians are being persecuted for doing what is right. Because today, what is wrong is right. What is right is what? Wrong. And it is in the Old Testament. It's being prophesied and it's happening. And So, remember this. Even if those things will happen, the Lord Jesus Christ said, even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. They may be, they may be you know, having laughed. They may be, you know, saying, hey, we're winning. Nope. We get the last laugh. Why? Because the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 19, this is what the Bible says, Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will what? Live. Remember that our life here in this world, we are not permanent. Our life here in this world is temporary you have a temporary life but we have a permanent life in the Lord Jesus Christ amen that's why I want you to make sure that you are in the Lord I want you to make sure that you repented of your sins already and invited Christ into your heart why even though the people will persecute us you remember Isis when when Isis was very popular they kill those Christians in front of the TV as if you're watching movie, but those are real. Those, those are true. There will be times when your faith will be tested. They will ask you to deny Christ. What will you do? But if you are a genuine believer in the Lord, just like the disciples, remember the disciples? When the Holy Spirit was not yet with them, They're all cowards. They run. They betray Jesus. They don't want to be identified with Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit came, they were told, do not preach this message. Do not preach about the resurrection of Jesus. But they said, we'd rather obey God rather than man. And That is the boldness of the church of God. And that is the boldness of the Ecclesia and that is the boldness of the Apostles empowered by the Holy Spirit by the way you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life until you invite him in your life only those people who surrender their lives to the Lord repented of their sins have the Holy Spirit in their life that's why the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is your body the temple of your Holy Spirit right now do you have the power of the Holy Spirit I want you to bow down and search yourself probably this morning you are not yet sure about your salvation And if you're not sure about your salvation, you're not yet part of the universal church and even the local church. So I invite you this morning to search yourself. Have you repented of your sins? Have you turned away from your sins? Have you acknowledged that you are a sinner? And also, have you invited Christ into your heart? You see, God is giving us this gift. He is offering us this gift. But we need to accept it. We need to receive that gift through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer, and and when you pray this prayer, okay, I want you to pray this genuinely from your heart because this is not a magical prayer. I genuinely. If you did not yet receive, but if you already did and you are sure of your salvation, don't pray this prayer. Okay? But follow this prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you this morning. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. Thank you, Lord, for starting this salvation because, Lord, it is indeed by your grace. Lord, thank you for giving your son to die on the cross on my behalf. Oh Lord, I ask this morning that you please forgive me of my sin. Cleanse my heart, O Lord. And help me, empower me, O Lord, to do things that pleases you. Father, I invite Christ into my heart and make him the Lord of my life. Thank you for giving me eternal life. Lord, help me also to be part of the local church. Help me to be faithful and guide me. And help me, O Lord, to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you even for giving me eternal life. For this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.